0: Let's give it up for, yeah, the jazz combo. It's incredible. You can have a seat. Welcome back from break. How about that blizzard yesterday? You know, the only thing good about the snow, I guess, is that it makes it feel a little more like Christmas. And as I was thinking about, I can't believe I'm even saying that because I grew up in Texas, and I'm actually becoming an Iowan, I think, officially. Uh, So anyway, we're so glad to have you back and yeah, thinking about Christmas, I I was wondering do you have any Christmas traditions that you're excited about either now or when you go home in a few weeks? I know one of them for me growing up was a chocolate advent calendar, anybody? Anybody? My, my grandparents would buy one each year and give them to me and my siblings, and we would wake up each morning and we get to have chocolate with our breakfast, it was the best. And usually I would have about three or four of them, and then I'd get sad on about December 9th when they were all gone. But anyway, uh, and it's just so good, so I don't know, does anyone want one of these? Anyone, you know, oh, right here in the front row, I'm just, I'm keeping one for myself because I want one. There you go, That's yours. Yeah. Anyway, this one's for me. Um, because I'm, you know, I like chocolate. So it, it's so good to be with you. And, and the point of these Advent calendars was to count down to and anticipate Christmas. And Advent, as Jeremy talked about at the beginning for the church, is much more than just counting down to Christmas Day that's full of food and presents and the NBA if you watch basketball, but Advent means arrival, arrival. It means coming, and it's a time to prepare our hearts and our minds and our bodies for the arrival of God with us, for Jesus. And as we close our series deeper still over the next few weeks, that's what we want to do. But we're not going to focus on Jesus' first advent, his birth. We're going to focus on the role of the Holy Spirit in his second advent, in his return, when he returns to make all things fully right and fully new. So before we do that, let's pray. God, would you open our eyes to see you this morning? Would you open our ears to hear your words? And would you open our hearts so your holy spirit may form and shape us into your image for your glory and we pray this in Jesus name amen if you have your bibles you can open up to the book of first peter in our series so far we've looked at the holy spirit in creation in the old testament We've looked at the Gospels and the life of Jesus, and we've looked at some of Paul's writings as we've talked about fruit and gifts of the Spirit. And so now we want to turn to some of the other letters in the New Testament because we want to look at the whole library of Scripture, all of redemptive history. And also 1 Peter specifically, I think, is relatable to our time. It's after the Gospels and Acts... But before Revelation, it's in between Jesus' birth and his return, which is the time we're in now. And so to start us, I'm going to read for us 1 Peter verse, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. As we start this letter, it's important to understand the context. Peter, in verse 1, refers to an event called the dispersion. And this dispersion was a wave of persecution that scattered the church all over the Mediterranean. The gospel that declared Jesus King and Messiah was a threat to the power brokers of Rome and the leaders of the Jewish temple. And they reacted with violence towards followers of Jesus. And these followers of Jesus, they had a choice. They could either run from the government crackdown or they could stay and die. And many ran to the surrounding areas. And it's those Jesus followers who Peter is writing to. People who've been removed from their homes and way of life. People who have been split apart from their family, who've endured all sorts of personal and economic and political and spiritual hardship. People who long for peace. For things to be made right, and for Jesus to return and make all things new. People like me and you. And and now I want to clarify, us in the West, we're not facing persecution in the true sense of the word. It is still legal to follow Jesus in public. So the situation is not exactly like the Christians Peter was writing to But I do believe there are similarities. James writes a book around the same time as Peter to the same Jesus followers as Peter. And James writes this. He says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. And in this verse, I want you to notice two words. I want you to notice trials and the phrase of various kinds. Trials, it can mean test or temptation or disaster and even plague. Have you ever faced some kind of test in your faith or spiritual life? Have you ever experienced a disaster in your life or seen one in our world? And we've all gone through a plague in recent history called COVID where 6.62 million people have died, and that is not even talking about all the other hardships and difficulties people have faced because of it. Trials of various kinds. This, This literally means multicolored. See, James is a little more inclusive with the type of suffering and trials that he talks about than Peter. Trials of various kinds can mean major or minor hardships political or personal difficulties, economic or emotional struggle. It can mean whatever trial, difficulty, or suffering that you have endured in your life. Right, maybe it's physical. You've experienced death of a loved one, pain from an injury or sickness, abuse from another person. Maybe you've experienced emotional pain. Deep shame and sorrow, paralyzing fear, or condemning words from someone else, or spiritual pain, the temptation to fall into any sin, a doubt that questions God's goodness and presence, and even a spiritual authority in your life using truth as a weapon rather than a gift filled with grace. Do you relate? Can you find yourself in a trial of various kinds? Do you desire for the world to be made right? To be made fully new? Do you long for Jesus to return? And maybe that's a strange question to consider. Because for so many of us in this room, lots of our life is ahead of us. So we may not think we want Jesus to return. There's so much ahead. But if you've ever felt or thought or said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. God, there must be more than this. God, where are you? God, what are you doing? What's going on? If so if you've experienced that ache in your heart, then you long for Jesus to return. You long for him to come fully and completely to restore all things. You long for your life in this world to be made whole. But it hasn't happened yet. We are in the in-between. We are waiting for Jesus to return what does that wait look like for us? What role does the Holy Spirit play in our longing, in our waiting? And that's the question I hope to address this morning. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing for Jesus to return and make all things new? I want to go back to those first two verses that I read a couple of minutes ago. Peter has a line in in verse 2 where he says this, "...according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit." Sanctification is a term meaning to become more like Jesus. But commentators talk about how here in this instance, a better translation would actually be the word consecration. What's the difference well, sanctification is to be a set apart for holiness, to be set apart to become more like Jesus over the course of our whole lives, but consecration is to be set apart for a particular task here and now. In the Jewish context, to be consecrated was primarily referring to the work of the priesthood, Priests were people who were set apart. They were consecrated to be mediators between God and people. Right? This is what Peter has in mind. He says, In the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. It's kind of weird. What does that mean? In the sprinkling of his blood. Well, in the Old Testament, Moses sprinkled Aaron and his sons in an act of consecration to prepare them to be priests. The sprinkling of blood was an act of consecration to set priests apart. And now through the death of Jesus, the blood of Jesus has been sprinkled on you, setting you apart to be a mediator between God and people by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sets you apart to be a mediator between God and people. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing? To be a mediator between God and people. Or put differently, it's to be the gift of heaven here and now. How? It's what we've been talking about the last few weeks through you. Through the fruit and gifts of the Spirit in your life. Listen to what Peter says in chapter 2. He says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a priest, You are a priestess. You are a mediator between heaven and earth, and you are consecrated. You are set apart to be the gift of heaven here and now through your patience and your kindness and your joy and your gentleness, through your mercy and your teaching and encouragement and your service. And in our lives, there are times where we need the taste of heaven from someone else, and there are times when we are the taste of heaven for someone else. And the Holy Spirit's role in our longing is to humble us to receive heaven from others or to empower us to give heaven to others. So during this Advent season, maybe you need to receive heaven You're just kind of numb, ashamed, or just feeling some sorrow. Open your hands and receive heaven from someone. Have the humility to cry out for God to send his Holy Spirit to send heaven to earth. Or or maybe in this season, you, you feel called to be the gift of heaven. Give heaven to someone, love well. Listen well, encourage, practice self control, pray for healing, serve anyone, look beyond yourself. Be the gift of heaven. The role of the Holy Spirit in our longing is to be the gift of heaven here and now through you and through me. What else? What else is the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing for Jesus to return? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read for us verses 12 to 14. Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. Translation, you will face trials, hardships, difficulties, disasters, and plagues. Trouble is the rule in our world, while ease is the exception to the rule. Pain is what is. Trials will happen. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And I'm not trying to be dark. I know it's Christmas. Uh, I'm not trying to be dark or nihilistic, but I'm just sharing the truth of our human experience on this earth and in this life life is full of trials of various kinds and you all are living them every day i hear about them in my office each week as your pastor i have the honor of being invited into many of your stories and i get to hear about your hurt and pain and trials and deep longing. And I get to walk with you in your anger and in your doubt and in your shame and in your desire to escape, avoid, and ignore all that pain. And the truth is, we as humans, will do anything to remove ourselves from our pain, from our trouble, because we don't want to enter into it. It's too hard. We don't want to accept what is, and we pretend like we're not hurting. And we pretend as if our world is not suffering. And this makes sense. Because often in Christian circles, naming our pain and the resulting anger, doubt, sorrow from it is seen as a lack of faith in God sometimes. Or in our world of social media, perfection is the norm. And when we hurt and experience trials, we feel deep shame and extreme isolation. We feel like we're the only ones. Or maybe you're the one who's caused hurt or pain in someone else's life. And rather than naming it or pursuing reconciliation, you pretend like it never happened. It's too hard to accept the reality that you have hurt someone... Personally, for me, this this is the most difficult. Particularly when I've hurt uh, someone closest to me, I would rather defend myself or justify my actions or get angry than accept the reality that I've hurt my wife or my kids or my good friends. It's easier for me to be angry than it is to deal with my pain. And for what it's worth, I think one of the reasons there is such outrage and anger in our politics and upheaval in our families and personal lives is because we are a bunch of people who refuse to deal with our pain and accept the reality of what is. Why? Why why is that? Because as the African-American essayist James Baldwin writes, he says, once hate is gone people will be forced to deal with pain. Have you dealt with your pain? Whether it's pain that you've experienced or pain that you have caused, have you named it? Have you entered it? Because Advent is an invitation to name your pain and to enter it. And it's in the honest naming and entering of your pain where God meets you. That's what Advent is God with us. God leaves his home and comes to yours. Jesus leaves glory and enters your shame. Jesus leaves perfection and enters your imperfection. Jesus leaves ease and enters your difficulty. Jesus leaves comfort and enters your pain. Jesus leaves life and he dies your death. God does not ignore your pain and neither should you. God enters your pain. And if you're willing to name it and enter it as well, you will find him there. You will find his Holy Spirit. Listen to what Peter says. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you if you are insulted for the name of Christ, if you face a trial of various kinds, the Spirit of God rests upon you. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing? It's to meet us in our pain. To meet you in your hurt to be our helper in circumstances of difficulty, to be our comforter in times of pain, to be be our advocate in moments of shame, to be God's personal presence as we long for Jesus to make all things new. So this Advent season, be willing to enter your pain. Name it. Name the doubt and anger and sorrow that has resulted from it. God is there. His Holy Spirit is there. In our pain is the place where Jesus and his gospel of grace becomes tangible to us. And you're going to be tempted to ignore it. There's going to be distractions and gifts and lights, which I love all those things, particularly gifts, right? There's going to be all sorts of things to put on a mask, could not deal with it. But would you enter it in this season? God is there. He wants to meet you in it. What's the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing? To meet us in our pain. And I hope what you're hearing is that pain and suffering is not the absence of God's presence. It's the very place we find his presence, his Holy Spirit. God has not forgotten about you and your pain. He has not forgotten about your healing and your freedom. And your salvation is not in question Listen again to what Peter says in chapter 1. He says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Do you hear the pattern? Suffering glory it's the pattern of Jesus and it's the pattern for you and for me and and Peter gets at this in in chapter three and we don't have time to to read all of those verses so I want to summarize them for you but essentially Peter says the Holy Spirit played a vital role in the resurrection of Jesus And the Holy Spirit will play a vital role in the resurrection of the followers of Jesus, in you and in me. And the point is that pain and suffering is not a sign of defeat, but it is the pathway to new life, transformation, and victory. This is the pattern all throughout Scripture. Genesis 1, 2 the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You see, the first reference to the Holy Spirit in all of Scripture is the Spirit's presence in darkness and in chaos. And what comes after? Creation and new life. Ezekiel 37, there are dry, dead bones in the breath of God. God's Holy Spirit is breathed on them, and they come to life. In Isaiah 32, Isaiah prophesies about a forsaken city that transforms into a fruitful field full of justice, righteousness, peace, and security when the Spirit of God is poured out on it. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing? It's to bring us to the other side of our pain, to new life to full transformation and total victory. Suffering, then glory, is the pattern of heaven. Jesus died and then he came back to life. And this pattern is the same for you and for me. So can I tell you this morning, I don't know where you're at, I don't know what pain or hurt or trials or temptations or struggle or whatever it is that you're in in this moment that you are facing. But here's what I wanna tell you, on the other side of your pain and suffering and chaos, there's new life, there's transformation, there's victory. And that new life, That transformation, that victory, it may come right now by God's power, or it may come slowly and gradually by his presence. But I wanna tell you that it will come. Healing is coming. New life is coming. Full transformation is on the horizon. New life is always on the other side. You can bank on it, it's sure, it's all over scripture. So this Advent season, as you look upon the chaos and destruction in our world, and as you experience it in your own life, as you enter your pain, and as you name it, I hope that you will not just see death, destruction, and the reality of hell, but that you will see birth pangs of new creation the pathway to victory, and the moment right before heaven breaks into earth fully and completely. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our longing for Jesus to return and make all things fully new? It's to be the gift of heaven here and now. So Dort, receive it. Receive it from others or give it to others. What's the role of the Holy Spirit? It's to meet us in our pain, enter it, name it, deal with it. God is there. And what's the role of the Holy Spirit? It's to bring us through our pain to new life, transformation and total victory. It's coming. It is on the other side.